playoff baseball is back in New York City for the first time in three years. And there's no one more excited than me. This is Boland's finest. Joe Morales going solo today. Brooks went home, so hope he's enjoying his bed while I have the stupid dorm bed. But um, before we get into the 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 stuff that we need to get into for the week, happy birthday to my wonderful sweet mate, David. Um, yeah, there he is. Um, don't let the door hit you on the way out, all right? Happy birthday. Let's go Vermont. So before we get into the Mets, because playoff baseball, like I said, is finally back in New York City. Remember last year, the Yankees were at Fenway Park for a one-game playoff and lost. The year before that was the COVID year, so it was neutral site playoff games. The last time we had a playoff game in New York City was the Yankees. It was 2019, and it was the ALCS, I believe. I don't remember much from that ALCS. It's not one to remember because the Houston Astros, like they always do, take advantage of this team. And it's just, it wasn't what I want to remember. So that's in the past. Um, the Yankees play Tuesday, but the Mets are going to start it off tomorrow night. Let me just say before we get into the Mets tonight, now thank you for leaving, David. Um, <clears throat> the game on TV tonight, the Thursday night football game between the Broncos and the Colts, that was the worst display of football I've seen in a very long time. And how many more of these brutal primetime games is the NFL going to give us? Enough. The Broncos are awful. Nathaniel Hackett can't coach. Russell Wilson looks as washed up as ever. We need some better primetime. I should get free Amazon Prime for watching that game. That's how bad it was. We need to do a better job of getting primetime games. Especially ones that you're going to force people to pay for. Please give us a better product than what that was. There was not one touchdown scored in this whole game. It was field goals. And missed field goals, too. And then Hackett's brilliant decision to, to, to pass the ball with Wilson, who's thrown two interceptions and barely 200 passing yards. We're going to throw the ball with fourth and one from the five-yard line. Hey, this guy looks like he's on track to be one of the worst head coaches we've ever seen. That's how bad he looks right now. So please do a better job of getting us primetime games. Like I said, ones we have to pay for, too. Luckily, I'm a prime owner, but people who actually want to watch these games for fun who aren't prime owners have to sign up for a free 30-day trial, and then Amazon's charge them an arm and a leg. I mean, let's do a better job at this, please. Get us something to actually enjoy that we have to pay for, please. Anyways, the Mets play baseball later today, and it doesn't scream Mets without... I'm going to close my door. Sorry about that. Um, nothing says Mets like some controversy. They're starting Max Scherzer game one. No problem with that. People might have an issue with it. I don't. DeGrom hasn't started a playoff game in seven years. 2015 was the last time he pitched in a playoff game. Big games, don't get me wrong. But Max Scherzer has been in the playoffs almost every year since then. He has a World Series title in there too. And he's played on some very good teams. I have no problem with using him in game one. Get yourself a one nothing cushion in the series. That's what Max Scherzer is here for. And you have that luxury, too, because they have two aces. If you don't want to use the ground game one, bam, you have Max Scherzer. And if you want to look ahead, using Scherzer game one sets him up better in the NLDS if they would go on and, and win it. So going with Scherzer game one is not a terrible idea. I don't mind it at all. I don't think many people will, and it really shouldn't be an issue. 
the problem the, the, the Mets are getting themselves into and what Buck Showalter is doing to draw some more negative attraction to his team when they don't need it. You just blew one of the biggest leads in National League history division-wise. Ten and a half games since June 1st. You just blew it on a rough weekend in Atlanta, to say the least. And um, it's very unfortunate I wasn't able to come on here and do a show that or earlier this week after that series. Because a lot could have been said, and I know me and Brooks had a lot going on, so we couldn't get on here, but that was as bad as it gets. You had this division locked up early in the year. And I don't know the exact number, but I saw a cool tweet that the Mets have been in first place for more days than any other team in baseball over the last two years, and they haven't won a division. Doesn't that say something? <laughs> when you have the most days in first place with no division titles? Is that embarrassing? I don't want to spend too much time on the division thing, but that is as bad as it gets. That is typical Mets. They're going to hang that wildcard banner next year. And they will try and make baseball forget that they blew a 10.5 game lead. Typical Mets. What can I say? The issue the Mets have gotten themselves into is what they're doing with Jacob DeGrom now. So typically in the playoffs, what normal managers do and what everybody does is pitch your best pitcher the first game and your second best pitcher the second game. Now, like we said with the Mets before, they're an anomaly. They have a 1A and 1B. So, typically, or normally, Jacob DeGrom should throw the second game. The Mets are getting cute, though. What they are going to do is, after the first game, the Buck Schroeder says he's going to assess what he needs to do. What he is telling you is if the Mets lose game one with Scherzer on the mound, DeGrom goes game two. Perfect, nothing wrong with that. That's what we got to do. If they win game one, he is going to hold Jacob DeGrom until game three and use Chris Bassett, presumably, in game two. Why would you do that? What sense does it make? I've called... A ton of my friends who are Met fans, and they've all given me the same reason. They don't necessarily agree with it. But before I came on here, I took a little poll. I said, what is the upside of doing this? And the common one I get, and this is the this is pretty much the only one I got too. I really haven't seen a better one yet, is, well, it sets them up better for the NLDS. Do you know if they're going to be in the, AL, in the NLDS? Is that a given? With the way Buck Showalter talks and the people who support this, the way they are making it out to be, is that if Jacob DeGrom takes a step onto that mound, they win the game. That's not how it works. Just because Jacob DeGrom is pitching does not mean the Mets win the game. So I'll ask again, please, someone tell me. I'm willing to have a conversation about this. I wish Brooks was here because maybe he could explain it. What is the purpose of making Jacob DeGrom wait until game three to pitch? You cannot tell me wait until the NLDS because you cannot manage two playoff series while trying to win one. When has that ever worked out? When have you ever seen a team try and line up pitching for the next series while in one or while one hasn't even started yet? When has that happened? I can't think of one. And for the people who are having trouble understanding this, let me paint it a different way. It's game five of the World Series. 
You have Max Scherzer, Jacob DeGrom, and Chris Bassett ready to go. Like they are in this series. If you win Game 5 of Max Scherzer, would you not try and go for the kill and win the World Series in Game 6 with Jacob DeGrom? I'm hoping most people who are listening to this say yes. Because if you don't, I'd question you. Why would you want to play an extra game? Why would you, one, want to tax your bullpen? That's really the only reason. Why would you want to tax your bullpen? It doesn't make sense to me. When you were in a playoff series, especially a three-game series like this, I know it's the first one, but it's also the shortest one. When you're in a short series like this, go for the kill when you can. Buck Showalter is showing to me right now that he cares about the next round more than he cares about the round he's in right now. And for Buck Showalter, who's been a manager for 25-plus years in this league now, I expected better. I really did. I thought Buck Showalter was a smart manager. I expect a rookie manager to do this. I expect Marmolos, who's in St. Louis, to do this kind of stuff. And he's starting Jose Quintana game one. I don't understand the thoughts first behind that. I know he's a 2 ERA right with St. Louis, but you have Miles McCullough's come off one of the greater seasons in Cardinal history. We're going to throw Jose Quintana game one. That's for another day. But I expect Marmolos in St. Louis to do this kind of stuff. Not Buck Showalter who's been managing for 25 years plus. I've still yet to find the upside to doing this. They have a chance to win, presumably, winning game two with the best pitcher in baseball on the mound. But they're going to push him back to let Chris Bassett get a start. This is not a knock toward Chris Bassett. Please don't take it like that. I've been on record saying he's the most reliable pitcher they have. But why push up Chris Bassett in game two? It doesn't make sense to me. And again, Buck Schulter, you cannot manage two series at once. It is not a given you were in the NLDS. So enough with it. Jacob DeGrom should be starting game two. And if it works out, then this won't be an issue. No one will talk about it. If the Mets lose a winner-take-all game three with DeGrom on the mound, then this becomes an issue. Because we don't know what would happen in that game two if DeGrom was pitching. We don't know. And you waited until your backs were against the wall to use your best pitcher. Wouldn't you rather go down swinging with your 1-2? and two? If the Mets are going to get swept, wouldn't you rather go down with your 1-2? Instead, you force the game 3 for what reason? Zero. Doesn't make sense. It, it, it doesn't make sense to me. It's ringing a bell. I, I, it's not ringing for me. So that's the controversy with the Mets. Please, if you know the reasoning, or you think you know the reasoning, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Joe Morales on the score on Twitter. Please reach out to me. I want to know why. Joe Morales on the score one. Sorry, that account got banned. Don't worry about that. So, the other thing with the Mets, and then we can wrap it. I mean, I, I'll, we'll, we'll, I'll touch on the Giants and Jets this weekend. Just some quick thoughts, but it's late, and I'm tired. I'm going home tomorrow, so I need to get ready to go. Um... Stalling Marte is going to be out this series. So who is going to be the right-handed DH? We know Vogelback's the left side, but who is going to be the right-handed DH? At this point, I would have to say Francisco Alvarez. I know he's only played three major league games, 
But what is your alternative? Mark Vientos, he's looked terrible. Darren Ruff, that trade looks like one of the worst trades I've seen in a long time. J.D. Davis would have been a better option right now. Ruff's coming here, he's at 160, with an OPS under 500. And he's on that Phantom IL now. What other choice do you have? It's Francisco Alvarez. There's really another way to say it. He played all right in, in, in his first two games. Take I, 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 I give him that. He played very well. He probably has to start now. It's uncommon to see this. A guy come up with only a handful of major league games starting playoff games. But what other choice do you have? Because when San Diego throws Blake Snell at you in game two, I'm not putting Daniel Vogel back up there. Vogelback will go, get, will go game one against you, Darvish. But against Blake Snell, it's probably going to be Francisco Alvarez. And he's not going to catch, obviously, because then you don't you still don't have a DH. But he'll, he's going to DH. And that's what I think. And it's, it's probably going to happen. Because, again, what other option do they have? Mark Vientos, no thank you. They're going to go Alonzo at first base. McNeil at second, Lindor at short, Escobar, who looks great at third. He had one hell of a September. I give him that. I've ripped him all summer. Man, did he have a good September. So he'll be at third base. Canna in left, Nimmo in, in, in center. And then right's probably Tyler Naquin. Has to be. It's a bummer. It's a real bummer. Marte's loss can, uh, should not be taken lightly. He's an extraordinary player. It cannot be taken lightly. And it's going to be a big loss, too. He might be able to come back for the presumable NLDS or even, may I say, NLCS, maybe. But I, I'm hearing he can't pick up a bat right now. He's in a rough spot. So game one of the National League wildcard series tonight in eight hours. I know my buddies who are Met fans are, are, are fired up when they should be still upset because they blew a 10.5 game lead. That's irrelevant, though, at this point. Um... Let's go around the league real quick and give my uh, my wild card predictions. I did my bracket challenge today, so we'll start with um, uh, what should we start with? Cleveland versus Tampa Bay. Picked Cleveland. That means they'll play the Yankees. Um, I pick the I'll I'll, I'll, I'll start with the Mets at the end. Let me just uh, my phone is is looking right now. I know I pick Cleveland over Tampa Bay. That's a twelve o'clock game tomorrow. 207, Phillies at Cardinals. I It's funny. I listened back to my MLB preview show from March, and I said the MLB scriptwriters would love St. Louis. One more run with Yachty, Wayno, and Pujols. I said that they would win the division just for fun. I thought Milwaukee was better, but, man, was I wrong. And like I said, they're starting Quintana game one. I don't understand that, but I guess he's been one of their better pitchers since they got him for Pittsburgh uh, in July. But I will take... The St. Louis Cardinals in two games. The Phillies are by far the worst team in the playoffs. That bullpen's a mess. And I know one of my buddies, Zach, on Twitter, if he's listening, you know you are, Zach. He was, um, Zach Goldman, he was telling me that, um, oh, look at Wheeler's stats against the Cardinals. In two games? I don't care. Game number three, Seattle versus Toronto. That's, also, that's in Toronto all three games. Look at these pitching matchups. Or at least for Seattle. Castillo, Ray, and, um, blank, sorry, I'm blanking. Uh, Logan Gilbert, thank you. Logan Gilbert. That's a great one, two, three. 
It's a very inexperienced team. They're young, but so is Toronto. I give Toronto the edge here just because they're home for all three games. This is going to be a three-game series, no doubt about it. So I will pick the Toronto Blue Jays in three. And again, if I didn't say for for uh, Cleveland either, it's going to be Cleveland in two, St. Louis in two, Toronto in three, and then finally, your New York Mets and the San Diego Padres. <sighs> It's a three-game series, no doubt about it. So we'll see DeGrom in game three. And Jacob DeGrom will pitch an outstanding game in game three, and the New York Mets will go on to play the Los Angeles Dodgers in the NLDS. So there you have it. I'll go through my, or the rest of my bracket right now. I would count my phone would be very helpful. If not, I'll have to wing it and just go off what I remember. Um, here's how Okay. So that would mean, let me just pull a bracket real quick. I'm sorry for the delay. That's uh, this is bad radio, let me tell you. Thank God's podcast. Postseason bracket. Also the slowest computer ever, too. Uh, postseason bracket is set. Here we go. If we had Brooks here, he'd be able to talk over this. <laughs> uh, all right, so we said we'd have Cleveland, St. Louis, Toronto, and the Mets. That's all, all home teams, by the way. I picked all the home teams. Next, the first round will start in the National League. Cardinals versus Braves. Like I said, the Cardinals are are MLB the MLB scriptwriter's favorite team, so I will take the Cardinals over the Braves. I'm not going to give it a number. I don't really know yet. Um, Mets and Dodgers. I'll take the Dodgers here. They're the best team I've ever seen so far, and they still don't have a closer, which is crazy to me. How you don't how you win 111 games and don't have a closer. That's the other thing. I was listening back to the to the opening day show, like I said before. Another thing I said is this Dodger team was the best team I've ever seen on paper. That's what I was right about. I'm two for two. They really were. 111 games, uh, unreal offensive season. The pitching is is brilliant. The back end of the bullpen is a little shaky, but they've managed to get it done so far. So I'll take the Dodgers over the Mets. Um, Dodgers with Cardinals. I got to stick to it. St. Louis Cardinals will win the National League pennant and represent them in the National League uh, in the World Series. All right. American League. Cleveland versus our New York Yankees. I got to say the Yankees. They'll go to the ALCS. And then... Seattle and Houston. Oh, excuse me, Seattle and Toronto. Um, Houston's been to every ALCS since 2017. That's including 2020 when they were under 500. That won't change. The Houston Astros will be in the ALCS here against the Yankees. I got to say it. The New York Yankees will dethrone the Houston Astros this season for the first time in six years now. Wow. They own us. The New York Yankees will represent the America League in this year's World Series, and they will win the pennant. Yankees versus Cardinals. Our pool host hoisting the Commissioner's Trophy on his way out in the Golden Horse, on the White Horse, excuse me. The St. Louis Cardinals will win the 2022 World Series. There you have it. Take it to the bank. Don't. <laughs> um, real quick before we get out of here, the Giants are in London against the Packers this weekend, which means some football and breakfast. I know I'll we'll be enjoying it. Um... Four and one would look really nice on the Giants. It's not going to happen, though. Um, a hobbling Daniel Jones getting off that plane and playing. Are they playing at Tottenham Spurs Stadium? I'm not really sure. But um, wherever they're playing in London, um, Daniel Jones will hobble there. This offense will not get anything done against Green Bay. And this is the first legitimate quarterback the Giants are seeing this year. Baker Mayfield, Justin Fields, Cooper Rush, and Ryan Tannehill. Not good. Aaron Rodgers will definitely... Show them what's up. It'll be an ugly game. 
another primetime ugly game that the NFL is going to display for those poor fans in Europe who wasted their money. But hey, I'm rooting for the Giants. Four and one would look brilliant, but three and two is what it's going to be. The Jet game to me this week is more interesting. I heard Evan Roberts say on the fan saying, I totally agree with him. This Jets game, first of all, the Miami's without Tua, and Tyreek Hill was put on the injury report saying. This is the biggest game for the New York Jets since week 17 against Buffalo back in 2015. It has to be. We're going to find out if the New York Jets are a legitimate team and maybe even contender this week. That Miami defense is stellar. This is the perfect test for Zach Wilson. If he can pull this off, there's going to be little doubt left in Jet for, for Jet fans and for fans across the NFL that this guy is not the real deal. And you're playing a backup quarterback too. There really is no reason why you shouldn't win. I, mean, I know the defense is really good, but this is a very winnable game. And I'm sure Tyreek Hill is going to play to some of the injury report. That really means nothing to me right now. But backup quarterback, Tay Bridgewater, the Jets should win this game. But I'm rooting for Zach Wilson. Go out there and prove everybody wrong. Show them we're the real deal. And enjoy the rest of the MLB playoffs this weekend. I know I will. I'm going to see if I can bring this equipment home with me this weekend so I can do some Met stuff. Um, I'll try and get on before. I, if I don't bring it home, I'm not going to get on. But um, before the Yankees take on whatever team they'll be playing, this needs to be a World Series year for the Yankees. Needs to be. I know I didn't pick them, but they need to prove me wrong. This team needs a freaking championship. Because we know Brian Cashman, who might be gone next year if they don't win. We know he's not going to spend big money if he's still here in this offseason. And he'll probably let Judge walk too if they don't win. I have that feeling. So this needs to be a championship year for the Yankees. Enough with the losing. And I'll be very unhappy if they don't lose. But good luck to the Mets this weekend. I'm definitely rooting for them, pulling from. I always love when the New York teams do good. But for now, I'm Joe Morales. You can get me on Twitter at Joe Morales underscore. This has been the MDM podcast. Oh, sorry, Bowen's Finest podcast. Wow.